I think he's got investments in, yeah, I don't know, from five to 13 fake meat companies. And so you look at what his narrative is and basically what his intentionalities are. You know, you're looking at him basically taking animal protein out of the American consumption model. And he's he doesn't hold back. He said, this is how we're going to eat. You know, he, there's videos of him saying, you're not going to eat meat anymore. You're going to eat this vegetable protein. And so if you look at what his intentionalities are, it is to own as much land as he can and to not let it basically steward animals in the way that got us here. That's a report on Bill Gates. That's Bill Gates. He's the he who's buying up farmland and trying to eradicate cattle, trying to get rid of cows. But it's not just Bill Gates. It's happening all over the world. It's called the war on cattle. And we're going to talk about that today with a rancher, uh, the former head of the Cattlemen's Association. And we're going to talk about what that's all about. What's the problem with cows? What are they trying to do? Uh, We will discuss it at length. This is Sandy Rios on Sandy Rios 24-7. You know you can reach us at 662-821-2040. That's 662-821-2040. You can write us at Sandy at AFR.net. You can find us on any social media platform. You can find us on only uh, on any podcast platform, and that includes, of course, our home base, AFR.net. And you can find more information or listen to the podcast and or at SandyRios.com. Did you know that little things can make a difference? A little note that you write, a little smile you give, or that small stone that David hurled at Goliath, and precious little babies. And when you sponsor an ultrasound at Preborn, your gift, no matter how small, makes a difference in a very big way. Who will this little baby become and what what giants? And what giants will this baby slay? And how about the mom who was spared from unspeakable sorrow because of you? You never know the difference you're going to make with a donation of just $28 to introduce a mom to her child through ultrasound, which in fact doubles a baby's chance of life. All you have to do is take a few small minutes to make a life-saving donation. Preborn will take it from there as their network of clinics rescues 200 tiny babies every day and shares God's love with moms. Preborn has a 100% charity rating, so you can give with confidence. Just go to preborn.com slash Sandy. That's preborn.com slash Sandy. All right, we'll pull out a hamburger or, you know, a slice of um, a steak and sit back and relax and listen to today's version of Sandy Rios 24-7. From American Family Radio, Sandy Rios. We are not called to be nice. We are often called to be confrontational. And here with me in D.C. is Fox News contributor Sandy Rios. I think the most important thing we need to demonstrate to our children is genuineness. That we actually believe what we say we believe. A longtime Fox News contributor, Sandy Rios, thanks very much for being with us. Seek justice, not social justice, but God's justice, what's right and what's wrong. Sandy Rios is with the American Family Association, a pro-life radio talk show host. We've got to say this is the line. Life is sacred. Director of Governmental Affairs for the American Family Association. Step up, speak up, say something, do something. All right, this is Sandy Rios on Sandy Rios 24-7, and we are here 
at the beautiful International Equestrian Center in Ocala, Florida. And we just finished the Florida Summit on COVID 2023. You heard me talk about it. You heard me interview Dr. Littell, who organized it. Uh, and I raved, at waxed eloquent about it because I uh, was there last year, Bruce and I. And this year was no... It was no disappointment. There were nearly a 1,000 people here. Well, I have a lot of people I want you to meet who were on the stage and had some interesting things to share. And this uh, conference actually expanded beyond COVID, although most, most things came back to COVID and health and uh, vaccines and all of that. But uh, my next guest is Dr. Brooke Miller. He is the founder and owner of Miller Family Health and Wellness. Uh, that's in Virginia. And he is also the president of the U.S. Cattlemen's Association, and so uh, th- with that, I'd say, welcome, Brooke. Thanks for joining me. Well, thank you very much, Sandy. It's, it's my pleasure to be here. Just one correction. I am the immediate past president of the United States Cattlemen's Association. Oh, is there a story there? No. No, no not okay, at all. Okay. No, not at all. <laughs> all right, all right, all right, okay. No. <laughs> oh, okay. I was going to get some scoop here. No. <laughs> no. No. Of course, my, I'm so suspicious of everything. You know how things are... Mm-hmm. We can't, it's hard. And I know there's a lot of controversy about cattle, so I'll get into that in a second. Sure. But I have to know, why, why did a, a doctor practicing medicine, how did you get into your interest in cattle? Well, I was, I've been in, in medicine for almost 40 years, but I've been in cattle my entire life. The bigger question is, is how a cattle rancher become a doctor. Oh, I love that. You know, I've had the privilege, I wish I could be more specific, but I've gotten to know cattle ranchers in Wyoming. Probably about 10 or 15 years ago, one of them came to D.C., and I got acquainted with her, and it was a nightmare what was happening to ranchers out west then. And so uh, I'm, uh, all I know is very, very thin, super stuff about what's going on with cattle. So let's talk, first of all, you, you call it a war, war against cattle, right? Is yes. that what you call it? Mm-hmm. Why? What do you mean? What's a what? Is it more than environmentalism? And uh, well, it's it's quite a few things. It's environmental acti- activism or environmental extremist. Uh, it's pretty unbelievable that that they take this um, approach that cattle are bad for the environment. I know. And then were they even slaughtering them? And it was in Ireland, making the farmers kill their. Well, yeah, that's not I cattle. That's so. cows. But it, yeah, is um, are cattle cows or is there a distinction? Uh, cows. <laughs> Our females, cattle, are um, cow, or bulls, steers, heifers, cows. Okay. Okay. All right. So they aren't, they're not doing that with Not in the United cattle? States, no. no okay. No. Um, you know, we, we, cattle ranchers in the United States are up against a lot of different obstacles. You know, we have the environmental obstacles that we're up against, nat, you know, natural disasters. Like right now at home, we're going through a drought. We don't have any water in our streams, and we're... Hauling water to our cows. So, uh, so you have cattle now, like yes. you live on a ranch and you're mm-hmm. doing mm-hmm. Your, your practice. Yes. And oh. uh, we also are up against people that say it's inhumane to eat animals. Um, and everybody pretty much has an agenda that says something about cattle. Now, there's, there's the people that say that they're unhealthy to eat, and I contend that's fur- nothing could be further from the truth. And now we're, we're having this uh, war from the environmental extremists uh, that's saying they're killing the environment. And all of those people that are really advocating against cattle have financial interest elsewhere that will profit by taking uh, part of that. You know, they're trying to, to, to produce 
beef in a lab, sell cultured yeah. food. Let's Bill Gates is is invested in that. He was invested in the Impossible Burger, and he's invested in you know. Let's talk about that in just a second. I I'd like to kind of. We're assuming that people know probably more than they know, and I don't know much, but I do know that in terms of cattle, uh, even as I say this, this reminds me of Russian history. When I was a kid and the communists were raging, you know, it was the Cold War, and they would come up with the most ridiculous things, and you'd wonder, how could the Russian people fall for that? You know, that uh, just, just lies that were so obvious, and we would laugh. And now we're being told that cows, their flatulence, passing gas, is what's creating the CO2 that's entering the environment and destroying the planet. Now, now that has got, you have to have a laugh track for that. Well, you have to have a laugh track to think CO2 is destroying the planet. I mean, didn't you learn in earth science in grade five or six that uh, plants take CO2 out of the atmosphere and, and put it in the soil and make oxygen and grass or trees or whatnot. I mean, it's, it's an essential part of our, our environment, just like cholesterol is an essential part of our body. You know, one of the big ironies of COVID to me is, okay, stay with me here, is uh, now they're worried about CO2 out of flatulence from cows and other things too. And so they want to, you know, get rid of the cattle, get rid of beef eating because of the CO2 emissions. That's, that's yet, what they say. And yet, well, we know they're, yeah. And yet they want they wanted during COVID, and they want, again, everyone to wear a mask. And when people wear a mask, what do they breathe in? They breathe in CO2. That is just so um, well, illogical. We have to get past the fact that CO2 is bad for the environment and that cattle are bad for the environment. It's all about control, the centralized control of our yeah. planet, of uh, a one-world government. And uh, they want to control monetary policy. They want to control energy. They want to control our food. You know, if they can get rid of cattle, from the, from, they can control people by controlling their food. Let's talk about Bill Gates since you mentioned that. Um, he's such a strange dude, I have to say. He used to be so highly respected, I think, when he was at least from a 10,000-foot view when we didn't know him very well. Mm-hmm. Uh, so fabulously uh, successful with Microsoft. And then, but now he's get, he just gets, the older he gets, the weirder he gets. But he's dangerously weird, isn't he? Well, he is. And, and you know, he built Microsoft out of Monopoly, and he, he tries to monopolize everything that he touches. He wants to control everything. He's a megalomaniac. I heard that he said something about, uh, you know, the, I think, the, correct me if I'm wrong, but the World Economic Forum is, he's tied, he's part of that. Right? Yes, part of he's that tied. Scene. Yes, yeah. he is. And then he said, basically said, you know, they're going to try to force the world to eat this fake meat. And he said something like, uh, it doesn't taste good, but you'll get used to it. Yeah, I don't know. He said a lot of things that's been pretty crazy. Uh, hopefully he'll continue. Hopefully he'll eat fake food, and hopefully he'll continue to take boosters. <laughs> <laughs> now that's not nice. I well, okay. Well, all right. So, um, help, help us explain again. Did you? Is there more on the war against cattle? More well, detail? Well, well, yeah, yeah, there is. I mean, cattle ranching is is very. It's very low um, profit, and you got to love it to do it. And the reason it's low profit is because we do not have a free market economy in the cattle business. We have cow-calf producers and people that produce the cattle. And then up at sort of the top of the food chain, we have these multinational corporations that purchase cattle right for slaughter that goes into the grocery stores where people eat. And there are four of them. They're multinational. 
and they control 85% of the market, and there is very little actual true price discovery going on. And so they have a monopoly. They, they, went, they, they make thousands of dollars on each animal that they slaughter, and a rancher that takes all the risk, owns them for six or seven or longer months, uh, might make $100 a head. You gotta have a lot of cattle to make $100 a head on some calves. So that's probably gonna force a lot of people out of ranching. It already that's has. That's the idea. We are, it already has. Yeah. We've, we've lost seven million cows in this, uh, in this country in the last three or four decades. We've lost uh, half a million ranchers. And uh, it's getting worse because young people are seeing the low profits that uh, come out of ranching and they're not wanting to come back to the family farm or ranch. And uh, it's, it's, in my opinion, it's a national security crisis because we are going to be, if we continue down this road, we are going to be beholden to these four big multinational corporations for our food and the people that control those multinational corporations. It's all about centralized control and centralized planning. Do you see any way to counter this? Well, a couple of things. Yeah, I mean, yeah, I mean, everybody needs to vote and, 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 and educate themselves. And, and that's what I've been doing for the last decade is trying to educate people but, and, and, and trying to rely on Congress to uh, write laws and legislation that are not so slanted. But we have, a, you know, we have a bureaucracy that controls this, and they're captured by the industry that they regulate. Um, but the, the, the way that I see out of this and the way that we're, we're putting a lot of our focus on is something called the Beef Initiative, where we try to have a regionalized food system where uh, consumers make a relationship or get a, develop a relationship with the people that grow their food. And they, they, they buy their food, purchase their food directly from uh, these people. And it's called the Beef Initiative. And uh, try to get a regionalized network, which is so much more resilient as far as, uh, you know, when we saw with COVID, we saw it break down. I mean, there were, there were shortages of beef in the grocery store. Why? Because a couple of these mega huge plants closed down because the workers became infected. Or if you have a fire in one of the plants like we had in Holcomb, Kansas, back in, I forget what year, 2018, 2019, where it, it disrupted the supply chain. And each one of these events that occurs... These big multinational corporations figure out how to make profit, more profit out of it. When COVID, there was a, a, a shortage of beef at the grocery store and consumers were, were like not finding beef on the, on the meat counter, um, the packers were charging exorbitant fees and the price of beef skyrocketed. But the ranchers sure didn't uh, benefit from that. So their, their, prices, their prices yeah. went down, yeah, and that's you, because of the monopoly. And and I, I truly believe that this is going to continue to be a problem uh, unless our Department of Justice uh, starts enforcing the uh, antitrust laws and monopoly laws. That will require a completely, complete reversal of politics in D.C. You know that. Yeah. I want to take a moment to ask you some important medical care questions, questions that could save your life. First of all, does your medical plan allow you to choose your doctor's and does your doctor, your particular doctor, currently provide the best treatment for your illnesses? Have you asked yourself that question since COVID? I have. Or is your doctor sold out to big pharma? And that means medications, vaccines, all of it. You know, we saw the travesty of not having these answers in place with COVID. And now, though, we're a lot smarter. 
That's why I strongly recommend Christian Healthcare Ministries. When you enroll with chministries.org slash Sandy, you will have the freedom to choose doctors who share your values and won't withhold proper treatment because they're sold out to Big Pharma, the whole vaccine medication conglomerate. CH Ministries is affordable, the longest serving, or you could say first and original cost sharing ministry, and has assisted members with nearly $10 billion in medical bills. CHministries.org slash Sandy members have access to 24-7 telehealth services at no additional cost. It's no surprise why doctors appreciate working with CHM, and so will you. Make the switch today by visiting chministries.org slash Sandy. With anytime enrollment, you can sign up today and be in a community of believers that will pay and pray for you. chministries.org slash Sandy. Tell a friend, too. Even before COVID, though, I remember when they started criticizing beef, and that was so strange because we grew up, of course, we ate, I, I, was, I lived in a small town. Mm-hmm. We ate beef all the time, steak and hamburgers and meatloaf and, you know, roast beef, and it was just a staple. Mm-hmm. And when they started talking about how fattening it is and how bad it is for you, remember? That whole transition. Beef is bad for you. And I thought, really? I was, I was taught in medical school that, that fat and beef was, you know, not good for your health. But I was also taught in medical school, half of everything we teach you in medical school will later be proven wrong. Did they just, say that? They told us that, yeah. <laughs> well, that's probably the last honest thing they said, right? But they don't know which half. Yeah, they don't know which half. They don't know <laughs> And it's true. I mean, I, you know, I, I remember sitting back in medical school the very first day of class and a professor getting up and saying that. And, and I thought, you got to be kidding me. I came here to learn, learn the meaning of life, and there's no way this is true. And now here... 37, 38 years later, it's like, yeah, I think it was more than half. Yeah, yeah, really, I do believe. Do you look back and hear things, think of things now? It was more honest then, though, wasn't it? Don't you think there were, you know, there were people who really wanted to do no harm and to practice? Oh, absolutely, and, yeah. absolutely. The, the yeah. problem is, is that, that uh, Big Pharma has captured all of medicine. They've captured the mm-hmm. universities. They've captured the regulatory agencies. The research the research and they own the media because they pour millions of dollars into advertising. Let me bring it back home for you, uh, you know, because I lived in Virginia for a long time, D.C. area. I know, feel sorry for me, but um, (laughs) you had a big election in uh, Virginia last week. And um, I'm just wondering if you, and also from my experience living in Virginia and afterwards I traveled there, still back to D.C. to work, um, it's a very hard place. Like during COVID, it was so bad. I don't know if Virginia was as bad as D.C. Was it? And what's Not, it like now? Well, it's it's where we, we live in rural Virginia. Okay. And so it's a lot different from D.C. and Northern Virginia, and uh, completely different world. Um, Virginia is mainly a rural state, and a majority of the, of the state uh, is dependent upon agriculture, tourism, and not a lot of population densities, but unfortunately, we have population centers uh, in the northern part of you know the D.C. metropolitan area of Washington D.C. and Richmond and 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 Tidewater, where people think differently. They they look more for services as opposed to freedoms, and they vote uh, based on that. And they're also, I think, they're less likely. They're they're less independent. They're more dependent upon the government. They want more government 
services. Um, and they have more population. It's yeah. like, I, I'm from Illinois, so Chicago does the same thing for the whole state, you know. Yeah. Um, so you are a doctor who practices medicine, and we are here at a COVID conference. So, you know, I, your story about, did you uh, get in trouble in Virginia for, uh, I don't know what your practice was at the time during COVID. What was your policy? I was employed by a healthcare corporation. Okay. And... Um, you know, like everybody else, when first when COVID first came out, I was didn't know what was going on, didn't know anything. So I started, like you know, Richard Urso, who's here, who's a friend of mine. Uh, he said one time, you know, when I see a patient with a disease that I've never treated before, I call and talks to someone who's treated it. I don't call the CDC or the FDA, and that's the problem with our with our uh, response was that the doctors that were on the front lines that were treating these, these disorders and this disease that were having successes were basically attacked. And we listened to those. Ann and I listened to those in our practice. And we started, from early on, we started looking for medicines that would, would help. Uh, hydroxychloroquine being the first one and, and looking at these different multi-drug and system protocols that were helping patients. And we started following those protocols because people were having success. And then we started having success. And um, we also saw the problems with uh, the mRNA injections and the potential harms that they cause and some, some, some real cases of it in, in some of our patients. And we also saw that there was no, never any look at risk versus benefit. On It was like... Every arm needed a needle stuck in it, even people that didn't need it. Even bribing people to get it. Yeah. It was so strange, wasn't yeah. it? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah, get you, come here and get your donuts. Yeah, exactly. It really, or something, a free, you know, a you know, free we, iPod, I don't know. We saw the response that, you know, stay home and isolate, get fat and get drunk and eat. And that was the exact opposite things for what we should have been doing. We should have been keeping society open having people work out we should have been hammering home the the importance of a healthy high protein high fat low carb diet plan so we we became pretty vocal and uh we took some arrows some of my colleagues here took bombs but we took some arrows and eventually i was fired really Mm -hmm. so you yeah Okay, so, so that when you started your own practice? That's when we started our own practice. Now, it's, you know, I would say, I, I, okay, I'm assuming. Are you guys Christians? Absolutely. I'm, I'm assuming properly. Okay. Because that not that how God works? Mm-hmm. Yeah, you, uh, you exactly into the world. You well, I guess the reason we were, we were Christians is uh, that's the reason we stood up and, and, yes. and did what we believed in. Isn't that the way it is in the world? These are the people that have the courage. There are mm-hmm. some exceptions. Mm-hmm. But, yeah. um, all right, so you got fired and you started your practice. I did... What was the response when you started your own practice in, your, in the area where you lived? People love us. <laughs> Why did I know that? I, but I thought I'd ask anyway. our patients. Our patients loved us. Actually, they, yeah. most, of them, most of them followed us to our new practice. And, uh, you know, I'm sure there's some people that don't come to us because of our values and, and our stance and our viewpoints on how to treat uh, and how to prevent death and disease from COVID-19. But far more people come from, we have, we have patients coming from far and wide to see us. I'm sure, boy, when word gets out, I know 
for us, it was true. Uh, when we could find someone who would give uh, ivermectin or, you know, hydroxychloroquine or whatever, we we had to find them. That's why that, you know, the uh, the the thing that Pierre Corey started, the, the um, FLCCC. FLCC, yeah, that yeah. was that really saved my husband's life. Yeah, it so, saved it saved millions yeah, of people's lives. Yeah. Uh, he's he's the reason why we've saved so many lives. Is he and Paul Merrick? Yeah, isn't that something? Mm-hmm. And they really have paid a bitter price for what they did. Yeah. Okay, so and I, I uh, one last thing here, we don't know what's going to happen. I think probably most of us have an inkling it's going to get worse. And the next time they pull this out of their trick bag, I think it's going to be harder for all of us. I think I always say to people, you, be, you've got to be prepared now, man. You got to practice taking a stand, which is what you've exactly what you've done, and it's going to come to all of us. Absolutely. And they're not going to have they're going to have less tolerance. So, well, well, what people need to understand is is if you be quiet, they're going to eventually come for you. So right. it's not going to get you. It, it, it may buy you a couple months. Um, but it's going to be worse. They're, they're, they want total and absolute control of your lives. And uh, there are people in this, in this world that think that the world's overpopulated, and that's the only way to save the world is to reduce the population. And there's that, I don't know, I, uh, that totalitarian instinct just seems to spring up. People don't have to learn it. There are just people who grow up in all cultures. If you look at the Nazis or if you look mm-hmm. at the, the Russian, the, the uh, communists in Russia and Pol Pot and the whole list of them, it's always the same. They cannot tolerate any kind. They, they watch you, and if you show any sign of you might have a different opinion, then you have to be destroyed. You're, you're, and I, this is where we're moving. I agree with you yeah. 100%. I, I learned about this in grade school and yeah. in high school. Yeah. Um, learned all the things you just mentioned, you know, communist Russia, communist China, yeah. Pol Pot, you know, the Khmer Rouge. Um, yeah, it, it's it's sad because we see some of the same tendencies in our own government and and governments around the world. Yeah. So as believers, I'll speak as a Christian since we're both Christians. I I do believe we have to decide now. We have to practice courage now. Mm-hmm. You can't like cross your fingers and hope that you'll do the right thing when the moment comes. You have to decide now. Absolutely. And we decided very early on in this pandemic that we were going to do um, the right thing no matter what the consequences, and God would take care of us. And he did, right? And he did. All right. Well, Dr. Brooke Miller, it's a pleasure. Well, thank you for having me on, Sandy. Again, it's Miller Family Health and Wellness. We have a lot of listeners in Virginia, so they can And I also have have a um, uh, sub-stack, although I don't write as much as I I need to, called the Rancher Doctor Newsletter. The Rancher Doctor Newsletter. Newsletter. Yes. It's a a free sub-stack. You can, you know, just put your email in and you'll get... The substacks uh, when they come out, um, there's a bunch on there. I, but be quite honest, uh, I've been through a time here in the last several months where I've been extremely busy with being a physician, also getting, you know, I'm a rancher, and this is a busy time of year for us. Um, we're getting ready to have a, our annual cattle sale next Saturday, and uh, once we get through that um, into December, maybe I'll start riding a little more frequently. You know, I have to ask you one more question because I, I, nobody answered this today. They mm-hmm. they asked the question, but they never we never really got a good answer, and that is the the animal rights people and anything in between. Even our children mm-hmm. are being taught you shouldn't eat meat; it's terrible, and they're being animals are being so maltreated. Whether it's chickens, I remember interviewing PETA mm-hmm. a number of years ago. It was like mm-hmm. they were trying to save no, it was turkeys, save turkeys mm-hmm. from you know being killed mm-hmm. uh, at Thanksgiving. It, so it goes back a long way, but it's this premise 
that animals are being treated so horribly and killed, killed, they're being slaughtered for our food and how immoral that is. And then, but what I find uh, is that people who live on a farm or raise animals. They are, love animals. They love animals. Yeah. Uh, so explain that to us. How can those two things coexist? You, you raise them and then they go and steer do anyway, get slaughtered and eaten. So how do you explain your care of the animals and that? I'm not sure I understand your question. All I will have to say is, and, 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 and if I don't answer it properly, you can rephrase it. Oh, okay, let me know. If you really loved your animals, you wouldn't let them be killed like that. You, you release them to be slaughtered. How could you do that? If, well, you, if you really love animals? your grass, are you going to mow it? <laughs> I'm serious. Well, I mean, you're such these, a rancher, you probably can't even imagine the question. No, I mean, <laughs> no, I mean we, love, we love our animals, and, and any time you know, I lose an animal, it, it hurts. It hurts a lot. I, I have a heifer that calves, and she, the calf dies during birth. or have, you know, It hurts. Anytime some, one of my animals dies, it hurts. But it is a part of life. It's an essential part to human nutrition, to eat protein and fat. We have a society now that is, is as unhealthy as any time in, in history because they're eating a bunch of processed junk food. And a lot of these people that are the animal rights activists are nutritionally deficient and they're harming their own health. Do you not, oh, I'm sure you do agree with this. I do think it's a difference in worldview. You know, God said from the beginning that we, man is to, you know, take care of the animals, but the animals, the plants and all of that are here for our nourishment and for our warmth for furs and all of that. It doesn't say furs in the, but that's, they're there for, for man. It's that man has dominion over the earth. And I would therein lies the difference, don't you think? Yes, I agree with that. Yeah. Well, so it's really a pleasure. To My, see you and to absolutely, talk to you. Absolutely, Sandy. It was, it was very good yeah, to meet yeah. you today. I'm glad, glad you... Uh, yeah. Um, interviewed me. My, my pleasure. Okay, Dr. Brooke Miller. Again, it's Miller Family Health and Wellness, and his substack is the Rancher Doctor Newsletter. I think that's very cool. So. And the name of our, our ranch is Ginger Hill Angus. We have a website, gingerhillangus.com. Um, and if you want to learn a little bit about the uh, cattle business and what's going on in the cattle business, just take a look at my Facebook page, Ginger Hill Angus. Uh, look at gingerhillangus.com and uh, UnitedStatesCattlemen.org. Oh, wow. I don't know if they're going to remember all this. <laughs> but there's a lot of choices. We'll put that on our Facebook page. We'll put those on our Facebook Great. page so people can remember. <laughs> okay. And, okay. and, and the, the one more, the beef initiative, where it's a, oh, yes. okay. a local regionalization of our food supply to make okay. it more resilient and, okay. and better for, you know, these. one thing that we didn't get into is the economics of it, just real quick, but... But these multinational corporations, by dominating and having a, a, a uh, monopoly, has really destroyed the economy of rural America. And that causes a lot of socioeconomic problems. There's a big drug problem in, in rural America. People are moving from rural America to the cities. Your values change. Um, it's, 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 a lot of, it's, it's a huge impact on rural America. Yes, I agree with you. And I think ranch life, farm life is so healthy. Uh, and, you know, it's what a loss to us. That's what we were. We were an agrarian society. Mm -hmm. You know, even at World War II, people were mostly like farming and having, you know, small towns and all of that. It is a tremendous loss. So, uh, yeah, so we're you're holding the line on this, and so we appreciate it. Thank you very much. Thank you so much. Thank you. Absolutely. This is Sandy Rios 24-7 on American Family Radio.
Ireland is proposing a slaughter of 200,000 cattle in order to have cleaner air. Methane from cows is considered a leading contributor to greenhouse gases, but Irish dairy farmers aren't having it. Revolting against the country's proposal to kill 65,000 cows a year for three years in order to meet climate goals. The proposal would shrink the national dairy herd by 10% at a cost to taxpayers of $213 million annually. The Irish government says the coal would be voluntary. The government would pay ranchers per head of cattle cold as a retirement exit scheme. That's an unbelievable story. It's dystopian. It's, uh, it's happening all over the globe. Uh, farmers in um, Holland are at war with the government because of it's not only, of course, cattle, it's growing, it's fertilizer, it's all of that. It's uh, really very frightening when you think that totalitarians of the past have always attacked the food source and generally that led to starving their people. So uh, Stalin did that, so did uh, Mao Zedong, and I don't know who the others are, but uh, there's not a lot of food or totalitarian interest because people don't matter. But people do matter, and they matter here, Uh, especially, not especially, I think all life is precious, really. Old people, young people, and pre-born little people matter as well. Pre-born is one of our sponsors, and if they weren't one of our sponsors, I'd still believe in what they do, because they provide ultrasounds for moms who are confused about whether they should keep their babies. It's very inexpensive, and so we tell you that all the time. I think it's $28 for one ultrasound to provide one of them. But some of you have more resources, and if you can afford to give more, if you have the means, would you consider a leadership gift to save babies in a very big way? Your tax-deductible donation of $5,000 will sponsor Preborn's entire network for 24 hours, helping to rescue 200 babies. To donate, just go to preborn.com slash Sandy. That's preborn.com slash Sandy. But I, I read in one of the interviews you gave in the, in the last week or two, it was just published, you said rich nations should move to 100% synthetic beef. Uh, yeah, unless we can make the cow zero emission, uh, which, you know, I'm not sure we can, we do need to make, uh, to get rid of those emissions. And, you know, it's not going to happen overnight. The scale up and the uh, innovation still required there is quite large. <laughs> I I just find that laughable. Are you gonna so even that he would say Bill Gates would say that we we might not be able to stop cows from emitting you know flatulence from exercising their bodily. Uh, we might be able to stop that, but and if we can't, then we Bruce. <laughs> Bruce, bring some sanity to this conversation. That was Bill Gates and his wife. Or no, Bill Gates and Nora O'Donnell from uh, CNN. Okay, so uh, Bruce, rather my husband, for, former FBI agent, did you ever hear anything so ridiculous? No, I think it's really scary when a man that's as wealthy as Bill Gates and has his own foundation and is really trying to reset the way uh, people behave, actually, in the whole world. Um, whether it be their food supply, their medical, that he is so silly, he cannot even figure out, gee, you think we could make cows zero emission? Yeah, I don't know if that's possible. (laughs) I'm not sure that's possible. Uh, I don't know. I shouldn't laugh because it's actually really scary because this man wields a lot of power. And, uh, you know, he really is pushing this synthetic meat, whatever that is, and we know what it is, it's, it's bugs that are ground up 
and reformed oh. into patties, and that's your oh. that's your new meat, your synthetic meat. Um, you know, anytime you see something like this, what you have to think of is follow the money. I know that's an old expression, but it's always true. Yep. And if you look at Bill Gates, he owns, as the clip talked about, several companies that are trying to do away with beef and corner the market on this synthetic meat. And he's buying up farmland. Now, here's a guy who talks about we have too many people in the world and we can't feed them. Yet his plan is I will buy up acres and acres of farmland across the world and I will make them dormant. Yeah, stop farming I them. I will stop farming them. Yeah. And that way we can change people, which means force people, into eating this synthetic beef that I'm going to grow in on my land. And he actually says, I don't think we had that clip, but I've heard him say, it, won't, it doesn't taste good, but you'll get used to it. Yeah. That's what he said. I, I, uh, so, yeah, thank you, Bill Gates. No, thank you. You know, it's interesting, Bruce, you, you discovered in your research something I did not know. I'm just, just more about Bill Gates. And then back to Dr. Brooke Miller. Um, I didn't realize that Bill Gates' dad was head of Planned Parenthood. Yes, he ran Planned Parenthood for a while. Um, there's a thought that, you know, there's been three generations of Bill Gates's. And the, his father was a very successful attorney, if you want to uh, quantify success as running Planned Parenthood and things like that. But uh, there's always been a thought that the present Bill Gates is always trying to sort of find his niche so that he can be known as, uh, to be as, pop- or as famous as his father was. And, you know, he's kind of like the rich kid that I don't think knows what to do with yeah. his money. And he goes off on these, well, I'd call them harebrained schemes, but the problem is they're not just a scheme. They're things that affect us. I mean, people listen to this guy yeah. because he's got money to throw around. Right, and back to the abortion issue before we leave that. A Bill and Melinda Gates Foundation, before they were divorced and maybe still give, are one of the largest don- donors to Planned Parenthood uh, in the world, uh, probably the largest. And I had no idea the connection. I really didn't, Bruce, so... It just shows you. And also remember that he came out as a, having a strong connection with Jeffrey Epstein, the pedophile. So there's a lot that we're learning about him, but it doesn't seem to matter. I mean, it doesn't seem to matter. He still has the money and the power. But back to this whole thing about the, the beef initiative, destroying beef, uh, that discussion with Dr. Brooke Miller I thought was really fascinating, Bruce. Uh, you know, he said he grew up on a on a, a farm like Huck Finn in Virginia. Yeah, <laughs> doesn't that sound yeah. idyllic? Oh, it was great meeting him. Um, he's a real straightforward guy. His wife works with him. She's a a medical professional also, um, and uh, you know, it 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 really does make sense what he was talking about is that there are basically four major beef processors, uh, beef packers, and they're trying to corner the market from all of these ranchers and make them sell their cows to them. And the problem is then if this happens, these four companies can set the prices. They can set how much they're going to pay the ranchers per head and there'll be nowhere else to go. And they can drive, then these companies can drive up the price of the meat that we would buy 
And it's not a good scenario. Cut out the guys that grow grow the beef. And think about it. We've had many fires at these plants in the last few years. It seems very suspicious to me. Yes, meatpacking plants. Yeah, meatpacking plants. Like, why all of a sudden are they on fire? When I was researching this, there were just tons of stories about that, of cattle burning up in barns and meatpacking and all of that. It's just very strange. And so uh, when uh, Brooks says it's a potential national security issue, I believe that because... Nothing will weaken a country more than if you make it hungry. Yeah. Well, so his solution was, and I'll just leave with this, uh, the beef initiative. And I actually have heard of that, but I didn't know what it was until he explained it. It's uh, getting acquainted, local growing. We've had local, you know, shop local, buy local. Now, Now it's beef. Get to know your beef farmer and buy your beef directly from the farmer. Now, that's really interesting, isn't it? And so uh, that's something for us to think about. You know, a lot of people still do buy large quantities of beef and have it butchered and put in, in their freezer. And maybe we should actually think about going to that. Uh, but uh, the, uh, the world is crazy, but we have a God who's sane. He brought order to the universe. He created it out of chaos, all of the beautiful things we see, the earth, the trees, our bodies, little babies, all of that. Uh, and so uh, in spite of the insanity around us, the further people get from God, the crazier. I started to say stupider, but my mom would not like me saying that word. But the crazier and the more unhinged people get. But just remember, we have a God. We serve a God of all wisdom. We want to stay close to him, connected to him in his word, so that his truth and his wisdom can just ooze out of our pores and out of our mouth so that we can help sort things out in the times in which we live. Well, I want to thank you for listening today. Honey, thank you so much for being my partner today. I would, I'm always honored to be your partner. Oh, you just say the darndest things. Anyway, thank you, honey. All right, well, listen, thanks for listening. And I want to remind you uh, that Preborn, of course, is in the business of saving babies' lives through ultrasound. You can give your most generous donation at preborn.com slash Sandy. That's preborn.com slash Sandy. CH Ministries, Christian Healthcare Ministries, is in the business of providing medical care for you in a unique way. That is the wave of the future, I think. It's the oldest serving health care sharing ministry between Christians. But I honestly think that in this certain circumstance, it is the way of the future. Go to chministries.org slash Sandy and check them out. That's chministries.org slash Sandy. You can call us at 662-821-2040. That's 662-821-2040. 2040. You can write us at sandy at afr.net. You can find us on Facebook at Sandy Rios 24-7. At Sandy Rios Tweet, that's where you'll find my brilliant tweets. <laughs> you can go to afr.net or any podcast platform and find the show. And uh, I hope you enjoy it when you do. Thanks for listening to today's edition of Sandy Rios 24-7.